0: Well, 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 we finally made it back. You know, the interesting thing is that our normal summer discipleship was supposed to start just a week ago. So we're only one week off. Kind of cool. So we're kind of getting back to a a bit of a normal routine here. How many guys are here for the first time to the men's ministry? Let me see your hands. All right. All right. There's a few here. How about to the summer discipleship? Let me see the hands there. you few. Okay, great good to have you guys so uh, we are blessed to be here of course i know you guys are blessed it's still hard to believe i'm pinching myself i'm not dreaming i've dreamt of this i am telling you it's the strangest thing of course it's all strange for all of us to be in the midst of this but doing services with the the small team that is here um online services is just weird because you guys got to know pastor jeff is preaching to the pews there's nobody out there everybody's off doing stuff the pastors are on phones wrong uh, online ready to pray with people and such and so it's just weird so it's good to see live bodies like ha ha i'm surprised he didn't show up and come and like touch you guys but he can't touch can't touch but i do want to tell you thank you so much for following the rules uh we are supposed to have mass that's required it is the law um no coffee tonight there's water over there like larry said he put the sign out there you touch it it's yours but um thank you for um following the rules and and doing all that we're going to continue this for uh four more weeks or three after this week here but um we're blessed again to be a part of this and what's going to happen is we're just we're doing the discipleship and interestingly enough back in january i think it was january i talked to bob about actually bob in in the staff um our, our little staff retreat and every lord put it up on my heart as we discipled during the book of titus if you were heard in that men's study it was all about raising you guys up to be leaders Raising you up to be pastors in your own home, leaders, tr- you know, be guys. And so in discipling you guys, my heart was to actually disciple even more further. And actually, I asked Bob back in January, hey, Bob, for the summer discipleship series, why don't you go ahead and teach the whole thing? Because Bob was going to do a leadership training. It just didn't work out. But I said, Bob, won't you, won't you teach? So we had this plan way back. So Bob is actually going to teach the first three sessions. And he would have taught all four, but the lamer's is going on vacation. Lake Tahoe, right? (laughs) Some of us have to just go and suffer for Jesus. And I'll teach the last session, but uh, exciting to see what God's going to do. And, of course, as you guys are discipled, you in turn are supposed to be disciplers, and that's what this is all about. Because remember, I've said before, this goes all the way back to when Jesus, walking through the Sea of Galilee and finding the, the, the apostles, picking them one by one. It started right there, right? we are just a continuation of this process of discipleship so we're blessed to have that going on one cool thing though i want to let you know an announcement we actually have an announcement now we actually had a men's breakfast scheduled for august the 8th uh pastor bill buffington on the calendar for it and everything and we were kicking it around we're thinking okay we're gonna do this we're actually we're gonna we were gonna prepare the breakfasts for you guys and put them on the table in the to-go containers but um We decided "Eh, that's kind of be stretching the rules, so we're going to actually call it a Men's Summer Gathering. You're supposed to clap like that, it's awesome. (laughs) No breakfast. We won't be serving breakfast, but it'll be a BYOC, bring your own coffee, because we can't serve coffee either. Um, If you bring a donut, keep it to yourself. I know one of the brothers brought some fruit back there. We can't, no, can't be spreading things around here, guys, you got to follow the rules. bill will still be here we'll start at eight o'clock saturday we'll be right here in the in the kid zone sanctuary time of worship fellowship and the word by, by pastor bill um, looking forward to but it will be a sign up so that's going to be coming because it's still six, six weeks away so on Eventbrite, you'll be directed to that site and you'll be signing up so um as soon as it hits you know get on at midnight at 1201 and hopefully you'll get a spot by 1230 <laughs> and he said to go because we will limit it to 100 people. Still the 100 people limitation here at the church. So, sound good though? Yeah, yeah. What's the date? Ah, for some of you guys. What, what are you talking about? Anyhow, real quick, turn with me to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Before Bob gets up here and I introduce him. Man, brothers, Paul said it couple thousand years ago chapter three but know this that in the last days perilous difficult hard times will come for men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy unloving unforgiving slanderers, without self-control brutal despisers of good traitors headstrong haughty lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying its power and from such people turn away now paul could have wrote that last week we look around this world and we look at where we're at and we see these difficult times that we're in and it's just amazing this is still mind-boggling to see uh, we're, we are as a, a country, as a nation, as a world, um, but we as Christians, guys, now this has been an interesting time for you and it's an interesting time for me because you've, you've been in a sense um, everybody's lives have changed. It's, no one has the routine they had before, but the cool thing for me is the gym opened up on Monday. I'm kidding you. I was there Monday morning. I was there this morning. And it's like my routine. It's like, oh, it, men's studies start, I, oh. I'm feeling kind of like, oh, we're getting back to normal. Restaurants are open. How many were blessed when a restaurant opened, you could sit down and have a meal come to you? Like, man, I don't care how terrible it tastes. I'm eating it. It's so good. Yes, the routine is coming back. It's been a, it's been a strange time. But as Christian men, of course, we have been challenged, huh? Challenged with what we've heard, what we've watched, what we've experienced. This whole thing, and, and of course listening to Pastor Jeff and the the challenge to basically rise above everything and and take a step back and and look at things through the eyes of the Lord. And remember that we're called to be Christians first. And yet in the midst of all that, we're going through it. Turn with me now to to, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, because here we have, of course, Paul again encouraging the church He's talking about the, the difficulties that come w- within the ministry, within the idea of being a Christian and such. And he says, verse 6 there, chapter 4, 2 Corinthians For it's God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. In other words, this light has been given to us, the light of the Lord, of course, the Holy Spirit, But verse 7, here's the challenge. But we have this treasure, we have this light in what? Earthen vessels, in our flesh. And our flesh has been challenged, hasn't it? And some, no doubt, in this whole time of maybe no church, maybe a lack of devotion, maybe you've even kind of like strayed a bit. Now, of course, you're here on a Wednesday night, so I'm trusting that you guys are are more the men that have stayed true and stayed rock solid. But uh, that challenge has been there for all of us, huh? And yet this earthen vessel we have, this this earthen vessel we have, this treasure, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. And of course, again, man, if, if God isn't in our hearts, if God isn't working in our lives, as he isn't holding our hand, if his Holy Spirit isn't there guiding and directing, we're toast. But here it is, verse eight. We are hard-pressed on every side. Man, it's been crazy. Yet not crushed. We are perplexed. Oh, my gosh, are we perplexed. But we're not in despair. Persecuted. I don't know so much about that, but uh, we know the enemy persecutes us daily, moment by moment. Amen. But not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Paul, in this season, this case they were facing death daily like jesus was now of course we're not thank god for that but there are christians around the world that are but we're always carrying around in the body this this idea that we're going through it because of our relationship with jesus imagine as a non-christian of course they still go through it there's still tough times for non-christians but they're not getting kicked in the teeth by the devil like we are amen he's pounded trying to get me and you to say you know what I'm done with this stuff but no way always carrying around that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body in other words the power of Christ coming in us so that we can walk in this world as Christians as light in a dark world guys that's the calling that we have to rise above then I'll get caught up in all this stuff and I'll be the first to tell you I got caught up in a lot of it till I turn the news off. Then it's like, what's going on? Walk around, birds are still singing, sun is still shining. Who knows what's happening out there? For we, we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us. He's talking about, to the Corinthians, death working in, in Paul and, and the, the apostles, but life in you. Because in our dying to ourselves, it brings life to others as they see us walking as Christian men. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe, therefore we speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus, here it is, guys, the promise, will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us with you together. Guys, that's the hope. And looking around, guess what? That could happen any second as far as I'm concerned what I see what I read what I believe what I recognize is taking place in this world any moment guys we could be gone knowing this guys knowing it and you got to know that for all things are for your sakes that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God and the point I want to get to verse 16 therefore we do not lose heart even when the phones are ringing, guys, we don't lose heart. Though the outer man is decaying, guys, our outer men, the, this fleshly body, is being beaten, it's being taxed, it's being stressed, anxious, anxiety, shortening our lives. Though the outer man is being destroyed, the inner man is what? Being renewed day by day. Guys, that's the challenge, the men of the word in the Word. Remember, what's what's the uh, the who has the bookmark here with them? Come on, who's got it? Lift it up. Every man, every day. Is that, has that been the case with you guys during this time? Every day in the Word. Every day in the Word. Every day in the Word, guys. This is not the time to be lax. This is not the time to be flirting with your relationship with jesus no it's got to be rock solid right on in the word every day every moment walking as a man of the word being renewed day by day for here paul says it right here for our light affliction life on this earth he calls it a light affliction (laughs) paul's crazy we know he's crazy because we know what paul went through he talks about what he went through and for him to say it was light The point is, though, guys, for our light of fiction, which is but for a moment. We could be out in a moment. But also, look at the years that have gone by so fast. And I believe 2020 will be the fastest year of our lives. We're we're at July, dudes. Blink. What? Crazy. It is working for us a far more and exceeding and what? Eternal Way to glory, while we do not look, look at the things which are seen, guys. got to take your eyes off of this world. Paul said the same thing in Colossians chapter three, right? If then you've been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, and set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. Why? Because you died, and your life is hidden in Christ, and when Christ, who is your life, appears. We're also going to appear with him in glory. Guys, eyes on the prize, eyes looking at Jesus, not on this world, because all it takes is to turn on the news, and where are you? You're either depressed, ready to kill yourself, or ready to kill somebody else, right? One of those three. Turn off the news. It's trash. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are, say with me, temporary, temporal, meaning passing, meaning they're gone. How many of you guys can remember when you were in high school? It was yesterday, wasn't it? For all you youngsters out there, guess what? You're going to be my age before you even blink, so <laughs> give it up now. Temporal. But the things which are seen, or the things which are not seen, are eternal, you guys. And of course, we can't see the lord but we know he's in his our heart we know he's here he's in our midst psalm 77 the no, psalm 73 speaks that nevertheless i am continued with you you hold me by my right hand you will guide me with your counsel and afterward receive me to glory we say glory say glory. glory awesome so with that guys i just want to encourage you man fight the good fight of faith hold on keep your eyes i mean when jesus said when these things begin to take place what did he say watch look up because your redemption draws near brothers and it's it's kind of hard in the midst of all that we're going on to to truly stay excited about the but man it could happen so so why am i fretting why am i worried why am i freaking out because i'm looking at the things of the earth when i when i put my eyes on the lord i'm in devotions i'm singing i'm praising god I'm looking at the sparrows in my backyard. You know, the scripture says that not one sparrow falls to the ground apart from the will of God. I'm serious. I'll sit in my backyard. I got their feeder there. And there'll be, be literally like 30 sparrows all over the place. I'm just, man, he's got his eye on all those sparrows. Every single one of them. Are you of not more value than many sparrows? Amen. And he knows the number of the hairs of your head. So guys, he's got us, he's holding us, he's got a plan in the midst of this, sometimes it doesn't make sense, as we all know, man, and yet he makes sense, so we're blessed. But anyhow, with that, Bob Park is here, Bob's been a part of the uh, men's ministry for 20, he don't know, he, he's lost track, he's getting as old, as... he's actually older than me, he's, he's, he's an old timer, um, but he, he's forgotten how long he's been a part of the men's ministry. I'm getting old by the minute, Rob. He has been faithful to the men's ministry. I think it's 21 years now, 22 years. Um, 20. Started where you guys are, sitting in the seats. And then, of course, God raised him up and God challenged him. He's also a board member of the church here. Been on the board for how long?
1: Not too much shorter than that, really. Before
0: electricity or what? Somewhere like like that. He's been with us a long time. A great brother. I love him dearly. He's been really an assistant to the uh, men's ministry for years after year after years. So I'm blessed to have him here to share with us. So let's give a warm welcome for Bob Parks. He comes up tonight to share the word, baby.
1: (laughs) So thanks for coming to the teaching. You want to break into your groups now? Yeah. (laughs) He just took half my time and did half my teaching, so this didn't take too long. (laughs) You said five minutes. I'm I'm teasing. Is, Is it awesome to get back together again? You got to excuse me now because I had that mask on so long. I got to do this, or I'll never get through it. You know, all these uh, precautions that we uh, are doing with the COVID 19, it's all a good thing because obviously we don't want to, and we all have our opinions on these things, but we don't want uh, things to spread. We certainly don't want people to die. You know, we're not sure of all the numbers and all that stuff, but obviously people, uh, there's people that have died. And if if even one person uh, gets saved from doing it, it's worth all the precautions. Though I am glad to take it off at this stage. Uh, But I had a couple of thoughts kind of tied to that. And uh, one of them was um, that I'm so glad that I don't have to ever social distance from the Lord or him from me. Amen? Amen. And, and the other one was I was thinking that, that earlier today is that I wonder if one of the things the Lord maybe is doing in this while we've been separated from one another is um, maybe to help us to kind of refresh ourselves, revive ourselves in the area of understanding that our primary focus should be always our one-on-one, one-on-one relationship with the Lord because we got everything else taken away from us in a sense. And, and so what did we have? Pastor Rob talked about it. You've been in the Word. You've been doing all that. And uh, so I'm wondering if maybe that wasn't something that the Lord maybe was doing. Maybe you guys you know, can accept that, that he's been working on your hearts. And, and, uh, and I know he has in mind. And uh, the great thing is that they can't take that away from us. They can keep us from coming to church, all, all that stuff. They can keep it as our homes most of the time. But they can't take Jesus away from us. Amen. Amen. And to that end, um, this morning I added this to this because I want to remind you what it says in Romans 8. It says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Is that a great testimony for these times? They can do whatever they do to us. And then in the end, if they kill us, we'll be in heaven. So what can they do to us? Amen. So I want to read a couple of passages uh, for you to kind of uh, and make some observations by way of sort of laying the groundwork uh, for the sessions tonight. And and you can go there if you want, but through this whole night, the way I got this laid out is I'm going to be jumping kind of from passage to passage. So I'm not going to teach out of one passage, but I really want to lay out from various places in the Bible the point I'm trying to make tonight. Okay, so if you can do it faster, you're one of those pat people uh, like my brother in the back there, Frank. Uh, you can get there quick but I'll just read the passages to you in Acts 1 it says the former account I made O Theophilus of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God so Luke says here that Jesus began to do and teach. And, of course, he, from his perspective, he's talking about what he put, wrote in the Gospel of Luke, right? All the things that Jesus began to do and teach. But he also shows in here that Jesus continued to do that right up to the end. It says, after his suffering, it says, he spoke to, to, of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and he presented himself alive by many infallible proofs so Jesus right up to the end he continued to teach and to do in their lives and the great thing is he continues to do that with us right he teaches us personally by his spirit through the word of God he does things in and through our lives and he reveals himself to us in in various ways right it could be a brother coming up saying something it's that perfect word Rob shared a couple of things that I thought oh amen God that's that kind of synced in with what I was going to teach which he didn't know the content of that so things that God does like that so he's still doing that with us and then the other um, passage is in Luke 10 41 to 42 you'll know recognize this right away and Jesus answered and said to her Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things but one thing is needed and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her and that as Pastor Rob was uh, talking about up here, that is um, where it all begins for us as, as a disciple of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus. It's, it's that time sitting at his feet. And, and, and I don't know about you, but in my life, uh, I'm a simple guy, really. I don't, I'm not going to give you a background stuff, and here's the Greek and the Hebrew. I, I, I haven't got that, really. I just love his word, and I love Jesus, and I just trust in him to show me and to teach me and then to do those that work in me and through me. But I've chosen to focus on that one thing. And it's not that doing isn't involved. And I'm doing stuff. Rob mentioned some of those things. I'm doing that. It's involved, of course. But that doing should spring forth out of the one thing that's needed. And that's sitting with Jesus alone, with the word of God opened up, right? And the doing should never supersede that one thing otherwise we can get caught up into the religious thing doing a lot of things and we might hear jesus at the end when we're saying like hey didn't i prophesy in your name didn't i cast out demons in your name and he's like i never knew you right scariest passage i think in the bible right so we, we don't want to let the doing supersede that one thing we don't want to hear that i never knew you and and in preparing for this study god taught me Uh, or maybe reminded me of some really valuable lessons as I went through this because it happens as you're preparing for something like that, this, you oftentimes get beat up by the devil. He don't want the word taught. You know, trusting I got a message from the Lord, he doesn't want that getting out to anybody and having that spread and the church to grow, right, his kingdom to grow. So amidst those battles that I faced and, and all the craziness of the world going around, there was a couple of things that really... Uh, personally for me came out over these past few months and that was i realized that we are helplessly and helplessly lost if we do not stay close to jesus every moment of every day you appreciate that have you gone through that where it seems like you kind of all you got to do is take your, your your eyes off jesus for a second and you're doing something stupid right that's why this this is not some legalistic thing make sure you read your bible every day one man but no we desperately need to be close to Jesus and being in the Word of God. Because even with that, we still do knucklehead things, right? Right? We're all men of light passions, right? But oh, if we don't have that, the things that we can do, right? And we've been there and done that before. And then the other thing is Jesus' lordship is much more than, than obeying commandments. It's his, it's his all-consuming life filling every moment and every circumstance of our life of the purpose of our lives and i i know that sounds pretty grandiose and of course we don't always do that as i just said right but we know that's that's what it should be this is this is god and he should just fill everything we do he should be directing everything we do and i was reminded of that you know things that we know most of the i think all this stuff that's in there most of you you've heard this before in, in one form or another pieces and bits individually we've done that but man we really need to be reminded of all these things don't we we need that. We're men, you know. We need to keep going into our head. Otherwise, we're not going to walk in it. And And that's the kind of people that the world needs right now. The world needs men who are devoted, committed, passionate followers of Jesus Christ. Clinging close to him so that he can, can work in and through us. Because when we look around the world, it's a mess. Amen? It's a mess. And so this life that God calls us to we can never let it become a religious thing it's way way too personal for that if we do then the fruit can't come the fruit God wants to bring out in our lives can't come or and he can't give us we can't live in the relationship he meant means us to have what he created us for Jesus made it personal when he died on the cross for us I mean it doesn't get any more personal than that he became one of us and then he, he he got beat and hung on the cross for our sins that that's as personal as it gets and that that makes it the type of relationship that just demands an honesty before God that's just raw and vulnerable and I really want to encourage you in that we'll talk a little bit more of that type of stuff next week uh, and, and which will be a little bit about the personal devotion you know, devotions playing a big part of that is we need to we need to be that way with god this is serious stuff all the craziness we got going on in the world we can't play no games no religious games but if we're willing to do that and trust him in that way where we can just get with him open up the word and be raw just vulnerably honest with god then he can do amazing things life-changing powerful things in life you guys i'm sure have experienced that at one time or another we just need more and more of that type of thing where he just rips it open really and just cleans it all out and then sends us out into the Amen. So Pastor Rob talked about it uh, The leadership thing we talked about and, and as I prayed about that I didn't, I didn't really want to I knew in my heart I didn't really want to do a study On the requirements That it would take to, to hold a leadership position In the church That's just, it, it just in my heart I mean I could do it But it just wasn't what was in me Instead my desire was to share What's at the heart of a leader And, and what, does he, what does he do what, how, who does he, what does he lead people to, and what does he lead them in? That, that's the thing that really interested me, and I had to look at myself in, in, through all of this, too. And as I was praying about it, then the Lord led me to 1 Peter 5, which was uh, spoken to uh, the elders, uh, but I think applies to a leader, uh, a leader, too. And in verse 2, it starts, it says, Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. So a leader is, is to be an example to others. In other words, a leader doesn't say, as we typically think of it in the world, it doesn't say, go do that. It's, in the church, it's more like, come do this. See the difference there? It's not pushing people this way. It's like doing it ourselves and, and having people then their heart is stirred by god to follow that person to see what he's doing and want to do the same thing and then i thought about that and it was like okay lord examples of what and then it, that's what it came down to think of this discipleship series of being and becoming a disciple of jesus christ meaning he's one who pursues to the utmost following jesus he's entered into that discipleship under jesus and he continues to press on to the upper call in that as it says in Philippians, pressing on to the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. And as he grows in that discipleship, then he begins to uh, help others come to that discipleship relationship. He helps them to it and in it. He adds to their walk. He helps them to grow in that. So in a nutshell, as I came to it and prayed about it, being a leader is about being and becoming and making disciples. And, and that, that backs up what, what um, that Jesus said, what he commissioned the church to do in Matthew 28 when he told the disciples what he told them, go plant a church. No, he didn't tell them that. He didn't even go convert people. That, that's in that. But there's a little more to it than just conversion. He said, go and make disciples of all the nations. Amen? That's the commission to do, go make disciples, make followers of Jesus, learners from him and followers of Jesus. So I decided rather than taking like a direct approach and speaking of leadership per se uh, directly, that I wanted to cover rather um, some foundational truths about uh, being a disciple truths that will help us get established in and grow in our own discipleship under jesus to be true disciples and what that means to be and to be able then be examples of ones who follow christ because that's that's what it's all about discipleship following jesus because we can't do it on our own because we see the world without christ doing it on their own doing what's right in their own eyes as it says and i believe if we embrace these four four things to the fullest i think that uh, god will make us leaders but not just leaders in the church but leaders to the world around us and this world needs leaders doesn't it It needs to show people the right way to go right and and the one who's going to do that is is it's because he's following christ right not because he's anything in in of himself but he's following christ that's the person the world needs to see to to follow and so the four heirs will cover uh Uh, which I'll actually cover probably within the three week, and Pastor Rob will do another one. We haven't really decided. As I said, I'll be out of town after the third week. But the first one tonight is the fact of our discipleship. And um, the word there to me, and I really want to encourage you, is we think of discipleship a lot of time. Discipleship isn't just for those on staff. right? It's for all of us. All of us have been saved. We're called to discipleship to follow Jesus in whatever form that's going to take individually for each one of us. And then the second session will be the foundation of our discipleship, which will be personal devotion, in which our, our personal devotions plays a big part, the foundation of that personal devotion to Jesus. And third session is the fruit from our discipleship, which is love and obedience and service. And then the fourth one will be the fight in our discipleship, which obviously is, is about the battle we face with the flesh and the devil, and that world that's around us, that, that fallen world that's around us. So I want to, like I said, what I want to do is, I'm not really teaching this out of one uh, particular passage, but rather I really want to break this up and and, and really go f- throughout the Word. And I think this is really valuable to do at times, although I'm definitely a, a proponent of what Calvary Chapel talks about. You go through the Bible, Genesis to Exodus. I've been doing that this year, last couple of years, you know, really... Uh, just going from beginning to end but but there's a time when we're talking about a subject where this can be really valuable because what we do is take the whole word of God which we'll talk about in the devotions in the reading of the word how it's so important to stay within context and the greatest of all the context is the whole word of God so whatever we're reading we're taking up against the whole word of God right so uh, let's look first at being a disciple in John 3.16 it says, For God so loved the world, we know this one, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we place by placing our faith in Jesus, we gain an everlasting life as we know. We enter into eternal life. And the action that's needed to express that belief that enters us into that is talked about in Romans ten thirteen. for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved and I really want you to hear that because sometimes I think we kind of wash over that a little bit the wording of that we call on the name of the Lord and we're saved lordship is not some secondary thing we get to later I've heard people talk about the well I'm saved but it's not exactly my Lord yet but we're missing the point that lordship is a part of what defines the uh, the relationship and so it's not some secondary thing then in, in john seventeen three, jesus defines what that eternal life is an intimate relationship with him and this is eternal life that you may they may know you the only true god and jesus christ whom you have sent so man through sin ruined what we were created for and broke relationship right but that's where the gospel comes into play. Of course, the good news that we're here to preach is that through Jesus Christ and His sacrifice on the cross, God has made a way that we can uh, be restored to the relationship that we were meant for—the the relationship that sin destroyed and broke. Amen. So, so that's that. And in Matthew sixteen twenty-four to twenty-five, Jesus shows that by coming after Him or or entering into this intimate relationship, we are entering into discipleship. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And so uh, I propose that the, the purpose for preaching the gospel is not just to save, of course, but to save into discipleship, to become followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus wanted that relationship. We're just saved. I'm good. Okay, I can go to heaven, and we're done with Jesus. That just isn't it, right? It's that intimacy with him. That's what we were made for. We, uh, and this um, coming into discipleship requires a denying of ourselves and following him, right? We lose our life, our self-life, for his life or in another another way to put it is uh, we stop following ourselves and we follow christ verse 25 says it a little different way we lose our life for his sake that's what becoming a disciple is all about it's not about doing what's right in our own eyes now we follow christ galatians two twenty, which is one of my life verses describes this really well it says i have been crucified with christ it is no longer i who live but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So now Christ is now consuming our life. And we operate based on not what our thoughts are, but we follow him. Right? Through that relationship in the word of God. So having entered into discipleship, now we must, but we must continue in that discipleship. We need to be, be becoming Disciples, and what I mean by that is that it's a life of continual growth. We don't just stop; we got saved, but we just keep growing in that discipleship um, because we never stop needing Him. If we think just we got again we got saved and then we're done with it and we'll go about our business, then we're going to get off track. Like I said earlier, I got to stay so close to Him. I got to follow so close to Him. Uh, in in John fourteen twenty one to twenty six. Jesus shows us his part in that continual growth it says and there's so much in this passage but I want you to focus on these couple of things it says he who has my commandments and keeps them it is he who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him the growth uh, That growth, this growth comes through a continual personal interaction with the living God, with Jesus Christ. Notice he promises that he will manifest himself to us, right? He will reveal himself to us. Maybe you've had that time where you're in the Word and you read that verse, right, and it jumps out so personally to you. And you just know in that moment, that was the Lord speaking to me. That was the Lord. I hope that's happened to you. It goes on that Judas, not a not a said to him lord how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him so our growth is only possible because of christ's lifelong commitment to us jesus says he will make his his home with us i just love that verse I love that, it just speaks of intimacy. He settles in for the duration, right We all love that verse. He will never leave or forsake us. He's, he's made his home, and it's with us. That's just so sweet. And it closes in that passage. "He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the fathers who sent me, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy Spirit. Who the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you so that growth that continual growth requires a continual learning from God it says in that passage that he sends the Holy Spirit so he can teach us how many things all things and I love that he says he will bring all things to our remembrance so sometimes you think, like, oh, I don't remember the, the word too good and too that. But then you'll be talking with someone, and all of a sudden a verse will just pop into your head. It's in there somewhere, you know. And the Holy Spirit will bring it out at times when you don't think otherwise. You, like, didn't take that in. You didn't get as much as you should have. But trust the Holy Spirit. He'll bring it to your remembrance. And then in Luke 6, Jesus lays out what, what, what is required of us in this life of continual growth of becoming a disciple in verse 47 it says whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them i will show you whom he is like and then you know that passage that's where it goes on to talk about that foundation that solid foundation we we build this home by coming to him hearing what he says and doing it it's not too complicated right we just got to do it it's like building a house, except the materials are intimacy with God, the word of God, and obedience to what he says. Again, easier said sometimes, we all battle sometimes with that obedience part, right? But God is patient, he's patient. And, and when we do this though, he promises in that passage, right? The house is still standing, a storm comes and beats on it. He promises that no matter what storm comes, the storm of coronavirus, or whatever, a storm comes that it'll never destroy our home together, as I said at the opening. No matter what's been going on, if we just hold to Jesus, nothing's going to tear that house down. It's not going to come crashing down. In fact, that's the only thing that'll last in all of this. But that growth is not just a growth from like, oh, I'm growing so great. It's not growth just for the sake of growth. As John 10.10 shows us, we see that we are growing towards something abundant life abundant life i came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly and jesus is life right i am the way the truth and the life right and so he wants us to go for it all he came that we'd have that abundantly so he wants us to go for it, the fullness of him in our lives never settle for less keep pressing on to the upper call have joy in where you're at and how you know the lord but keep pressing closer to him so we, we can always be closer to the Lord. We can all, all, experience him in a sweeter and sweeter and more personal way. So keep pressing on. We, we don't come to this abundance, though, immediately, as we can all attest to. I had a spectacular salvation experience. It was an amazing, amazing thing. And yet, I, afterwards, I had a, now I had to walk the walk now how had to do the day by day in the word growing in Christ or having him grow me right so it doesn't come immediately it's a, it can be amazing it's all wonderful but it doesn't happen all at once it we grow into it with that consistent ongoing relationship with him right in the word in the word like we saw in Luke building our house from the ground up right that solid foundation on him coming to him hearing what he says And part of that, um, this living all this out, is in the third thing, making disciples. Making disciples. In Matthew 28, 19 to 20, it shows us that discipleship is not just personal, it's purposeful. We make other disciples. If we truly know Christ, if we truly have that intimacy with him, We we have to have that in us to hate to see anybody go to hell. We don't want anybody going to hell. And we want everybody to experience that love, that joy, and fulfillment that comes from knowing and following Jesus. Amen? Amen? And it says in that passage, we know it well, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So I see three things where we can take part of making disciples, right? Um, The first is we make disciples by being examples. We talked about that earlier on in, in this study. It says in there, go therefore and make disciples. When we obey Jesus and we go therefore... We are being examples to those people that we witness too. Even before maybe they've come into the Lord, discipleship starts right away. Don't always, we always some, sometimes I have the picture of, okay, fellow believers, you're younger. I've, I've been around a little more, so I'm helping you grow in your walk. That's true. But we start discipling people the minute, minute we meet them. and We start talking about the Lord and witnessing about the, the goodness of God in our life. You're already working on them and teaching them. And obviously we have to get them to that place of conversion uh, in that no doubt and it says teaching them to observe all things that jesus commanded us so a great way for us to be able to teach them is for them to observe us living out what god has commanded us right with those examples we can talk a lot of talk but if we're not doing the things that we say God says this the Bible says this the word speaks of this but we're not doing those things in fact we're doing just the opposite not a great example right and what do they typically say about Christians at that point we're all a bunch of hypocrites right so it's important and that's a way we can be an example and be part of that making disciples is by the way we live in them seeing that we're observing those commandments And secondly, we make disciples by edifying them about God's Word. Teaching, again, in this case, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. They need to see it in the Word themselves. Yeah, we speak the Word into their lives, but we also point them to the Word. As Pastor Rob was doing up there. That was was a, a step of discipling, right? saying be in the word be in the word every day every man every day so we we do speak into their lives we want to speak the word of god we want to live it but we also want to point them to the word of god because that's where true edification really comes that's where the deep work goes teachers are great pastor rob jeff uh, all the teachers it's an amazing thing and, and they're so important they help us grow they are discipling us in that teaching Uh, so that we can be do the work of the ministry as it says in ephesians so but the real edification in our own life is going to come alone with god that time in the word ourselves that's what we need a disciple is a follower and we want them following jesus not really us Uh, paul said i can't reverse it is but it's um follow me as i follow or imitate me as i imitate christ it could come to the same thing Right. So, yeah, imitate me, follow me, but it's like only in the sense that I follow Christ. And we're only going to know if he's following Christ if we're in what? Ourselves, right? right? We may not know it all, but we can know a lot. And we can know when, like, okay, that ain't Christ. You ain't following Christ right there. So um, the third way we can help in making disciples is by encouraging them. And this is a little... <laughs> Bear with me on this one's a little bit of a stretch, but in this, in the sense of what I'm using here, but hopefully you get the heart of it is that it, it, by baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, what are we saying? When we start talking about the Father and the Son, we're talking about it's a relationship of love. It's a relationship of love with a person. Father and Son gives the sense of that family of relationship, and that don't take that lightly. You know, we just say Father and Son. Yeah, you know, it's like the old okay, you know the son holy spirit no there's meaning behind that it that speaks of relationship And, and that's what we want them to see it's not this the great and awesome powerful oz you know kind of a thing this is a love yes he's god yes he's lord but he's a loving god he's a father and that's we're encouraging him in that sense when we talk about that and when we do that and which, if, when you were baptized no doubt the pastor said a little something to you in, in prepping you for that and, in that sense may have said that and also that he will be with them as it says always even unto the end of the age so, so through encouragement we are discipling in those types of things and here's the great thing about it. That's what I love is I've experienced this as I was disciple when I first got into the men's ministry here and uh, this was my first church, more, more or less, really. I spent about three years after I got saved, really, just on my own, basically uh, watching Charles Stanley on TV and pouring through the word of God myself until I came here in this great church and all the great teaching that it does. But one of the things I learned that was so awesome and, and what I see is that as we are helping disciple somebody, some younger person in christ and we do our part and, and or maybe it's a bigger part but as their disciple what happens eventually is pretty soon it gets to a point where it's kind of like back and forth and then suddenly they go from just getting in the faith and learning about the basics and the word of god and starting to grow and you're helping them a lot and then it becomes what hebrews 10:24 says and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works so as we are each growing in our place and our own walk with the Lord, it's not really about, oh, I'm here, I'm there. No, I mean, obviously a young person needs to learn a little bit and experience a lot, but they grow and we're all helping each other. We're all discipling each other. And that's an awesome thing. It's the family of God. And the and, and idea of making disciples, I thought about this, and that's why I, don't, I want it to be, seem like you know this big, enormous thing. We can all contribute to that it doesn't mean that we all have to you know, c- come up to people and give them this complete discipleship course. Hey, nice to meet you, dude. Let me, let me run you through the 10 steps of becoming a disciple. We don't have to do that. It's not like you don't have to have that pressure. Remember Paul talked about planting and watering? I think that's perfect. Each of us has an opportunity where we can add a bit of discipling to someone's life, someone we've run into, somebody we meet, someone we know within the church. You have an opportunity each one to maybe do it. you won't know what's happening, but if you're encouraging them in the in the in the in the Lord, encouraging them in the Word of God, talking about the Word of God with them, maybe you're not even saying you should be reading, be going like, oh man, you should, what I, I read this morning, it was so awesome. Let me just share it with you. Guess what? You're taking part of discipling that person, even if they're maybe a more mature Christian than you. Anytime we're we're doing that and we're living this life and enjoying what the lord's doing and enjoying the lord and we share that with our brothers in christ we're being part of that discipling process we're helping each other to grow and that's an awesome thing awesome thing and so as i looked at this whole thing to me that discipleship our discipleship under jesus where we are we become his disciple and then we're growing in it and in that discipling of others, helping our brothers in Christ together. No, no, no pride there. No, no weird stuff. Just all of us just loving and wanting to know Christ more and sharing with each other. That's how we experience the abundant relationship in Christ. Because it's, as I said, the abundance of his life. That's what abundant life is all about. Amen. Amen. So have you, have you entered into that kind of relationship, that committed, passionate discipleship with the person of Jesus Christ? And if so, are you growing in it the way the Bible's talking about, the way that, that I was sharing here tonight? And are you touching other lives with it, right? Don't hold back. Don't think, well, I don't know as much as that guy there. No, just love Christ and let him love on you and then share that with other people, touching other lives in whatever way because it all helps it's all good for the building up of the body in Christ. Ephesians says, to the fullness of the stature of Christ, it talks about. That's what we're doing with each other. We want it, and we, we want it for each other. And that can be an awesome thing. And, and understand, I didn't say, do you read your Bible? Now, I don't want to mess it up. Rob's already moving up towards the front now to stop me. But, but what I mean is, not just, you could read your Bible like, okay, I read my chapter today. Done. In fact, we've probably have all done that in some mornings where we're kind of like, yeah, that kind of seemed like a got the chapter done today, you know, check off the list kind of a thing. We don't want to do that. I mean, an honest, intimate, daily fellowship with Jesus, with the living God, by the power of the Holy Spirit and his work through the word of God, that is personal, that is specifically personal to you. That's how he ministers to us. He treats each of us individually as his kids. That's the kind of time in the word that I'm talking that's the kind of discipleship I'm talking about. And if so, then what changes are necessary? When I say that, don't, don't, make this a, um, don't turn that really into a legalistic thing. Remember, talk, make it a relational thing. It's just we all need to grow in Christ. We, we all got a, a ways to go. What did Paul say? Paul, crazy Paul. We know what he was all about. Not that I, not, not that I have attained, he said, but this one thing I do, I press on to the upward call. So Paul says that, man, we're okay. We're in good company. So it's okay. So what has got to change? What do I got to do? What am I not doing that I'm hearing about and that I've heard about that I, sh- I got to start doing? That's what I'm asking. And you got to be real. Be real with it. Allow God to begin a new and a greater work in you. He wants to, and there's no pressure. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Right? This is all to our good. If we do that and embrace it more so, and embrace this idea idea of discipleship relationship with them, where we grow, which direction are we growing in? We're growing towards Him, right? So it's a win-win situation, and it make our life that much greater. I want to. I want to close. I want to read. this, I just love this passage, and I want to read Paul's prayer for us. And so I'm going to include myself in this. Um, you, t- you can turn there if you want, but I'll, do, I'll read it to us. It's in Ephesians 3, in chapter 14. And this is like one of the... I just, I just love this. Let's talk about it, being exhorted, being encouraged in Christ. It says in verse 14, chapter 3 in Ephesians, For this reason... to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us, the power of his spirit, that resurrection power, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen maybe you're ready to allow the Lord to take you to a new above and beyond place with him that deeper a deeper love relationship than you've ever known that's a good thing right when we pray we want to pray according to his will and then we'll have those things that's an awesome prayer if that's you I want to give you an opportunity right now to make that commitment to him right I don't want hands raised I want nothing I just want us to just for a moment I want you to bow your heads and this is between you and the Lord. Wherever you're at in your relationship with him, as we said, there's always that, that next place we can go. And you know it. You know where you fall short. You know all of that. But be encouraged with him. He is love. He is long-suffering, kind and gentle. And so bow your heads for just a moment. I pray for you. And again, this is not between you and me. I'm just going to lead a little bit. But you speak to the Lord in this and make that commitment to him. I'm ready for that above and beyond place you want to take me, Lord. Father God, we thank you so much for your goodness, Lord God, and your greatness. You are so awesome. We know that we haven't even barely begun to scrape the the greatness of who you are and of how much we can know you and how much we can experience that abundant life, Lord. And maybe there's some of us that just, we've done it, we understand all these things that have been said, but we realize we just, we've fallen a little short. Or maybe through all this craziness and the coronavirus and all this that we've kind of maybe slid back a little bit. Maybe not backslidden, but sort of everything kind of came to a halt in a way. We got distracted by it. Lord, we want to ask for your forgiveness for that right now. And, and as you've brought us back together finally for the first time in so long that we have this hunger, Lord. If you have that, speak to that right now to him. Just tell him in your own heart, Lord, yes, I want to be known as that disciple. I want to have your love just pouring through me and in me, Lord, and pouring out of me so people will know that I'm a disciple of yours. And I want most of all to be close to you, Lord, in our relationship, that one-on-one time with you, but also in working with you about your father's business. Of making other disciples of leading other people into the kingdom and helping them to grow in that relationship themselves lord so god we thank you that you are so merciful that your mercies are new each and every day and that you're so gracious to us and so patient lord god never condemning us lord god you are so awesome and we love you lord we look forward to the work that you want to do And we're thankful that you do indeed want to do that work in us. And we look forward to all that you have for us, above and beyond what we can even ask, think, or imagine. And so we thank you, Lord Jesus, in advance. And we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's men said, Amen. 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 All right. Groupies. We're going to do groups.
0: Tag team, brothers. Amen. Let's give Bob a hand again for the first study. Awesome stuff. Love it. Going through the word of God, you guys. Through the word. I mean, how many scriptures did you cover? 30? The word, you guys. And that's what discipleship's all about. So next week, come on back. So, what was number one? The fact. Number two, the foundation for discipleship. So next week we'll talk about more. We'll go a little bit deeper depending on the crowd the idea is to maybe break up in groups right now it's just a little bit too many guys to make sure that we're socially distant to try and do that so I got to be respectful of that but um, guys I'm encouraged totally blown away we actually had a little uh, a wager for how many guys were going to show up and see now uh, the cool thing is that Albert thought there would be 70 and so I said between 50 and 60 and um, Kurt pegged it at about 60 so Albert lost a bet, so he's got to buy it Foster's Freeze. So we're heading over there. But I'm telling you guys, I'm totally blessed to see how many of you showed up. Invite somebody out. Next week, we'll be in the same place, same time. Uh, we're going to cap it at 100, but we're at about 70 here for tonight, so we're blessed. So, guys, be encouraged, man. God is on the throne. He's moving. Stay in the word. Summer's over, or just starting, but break is over we're in summer right now guys we're in for, we're back in summer school so we've got to be in the word of course that's the important thing about it. that's the stuff that that, that that makes a man the man of God that he is being in the word of God the word of God going through you encouraging you lifting you and living by it and of course we know the word of God does what it corrects our lives and it guides us it keeps us from from straying too far from him and, and the Lord corrects us. hey you're getting over here you're getting over here And it's a great thing, especially when your wife's getting ready to call you telling, are you coming home yet, honey? A few minutes. (laughs) Anyhow, guys, on the way out, make sure to keep the social distance. Thank you so much again for um, respecting the, the rules that are there in place. And we will see you next week. Amen. God bless you. Drive safe, brothers.